I can see behind the door before I open it. Breathing, then I'm focusing. Rhymes of how I'm coping with the broken shit. Artists inside know that I hold a gift before I've spoken it. I take control again. Separate myself from all that binds me. If I know the path I'm on, that I don't have to walk it blindly. Keep moving forward, leave whatever's past behind me. Clean the windows on the glass ceiling so the light can find me. Guess it's time that we buckle down. Sick of playing tug of war with the bunch of clowns. Sick of digging myself deeper, I put the shovel down. Just because it's hidden doesn't mean there ain't no sun behind the clouds. Just because it's hidden, that don't mean there ain't no sun behind the clouds. To a lost dream, fall for the false strings. Eyes and all see, in a blink, it could all swim. Welcome, Utahns, Utah people, citizens of the great state of Utah, to the Holy Hive Show. Uh, intro music coming out of Ogden. Yeah. One of our good friends, uh, Earthworm, uh, production work by Heather Gray. Pretty good stuff. I like Pretty it. Pretty great stuff, yeah. You can catch that on Spotify. I'm Jordan Delacruz here with Dan Lawler. Dan, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well, you know. We rested a couple of weeks, had to go go back into the beat laboratory ourselves. Yeah, a little little and, break and cook up someone else's music for the intro to our show. That's <laughs> exactly, what that's what we're doing. <laughs> that's the hard work that we're putting in right now. <laughs> um, yeah, it has been a couple of weeks since we were last uh, on the mic, but we have big developments. One being that Dan and I got our first doses. We did first doses of the vaccine. One shot, <laughs> just one shot, just one shot. <laughs> And so halfway through, we still have one shot to go. Yeah, one opportunity as well. But I want to talk about that experience. So uh, uh, I went to a small, like a, like a small clinic in Murray. Did you go to a, like one of these bigger state? Yeah, I went operations? to the Maverick Center. Yeah. Maverick Center. Okay, so that's mm. that's about as big as it's it gets. Probably the biggest of them. I would yeah. Assume. <laughs> so what was that experience like? How was it for you? Oh, it was really easy. Um, I didn't have to get out of my car. They told they the the website. Because I just did it through vaccinate.utah.gov. Mm. Um, they tell you on the website when you make your appointment that you should be be there like 15 minutes early. So I'm a I'm a punctual person. So I was there 20 minutes early. Nice. Um, and and yeah, I was done with the whole thing before my appointment time even arrived. Like my appointment was for 10 a.m. and I think I was done with everything, just like sitting in this line of cars. Yeah. So you were in 20 minutes early and out like. One minute or yes, yeah, I was I was done yeah. I was done before my scheduled time. Nice. So so it was really quick. Really what about efficient. you? Yeah, so I went to a smaller clinic. Uh, it was uh, someone that a friend's mom works at, and uh, she helped us get a time. And so we went in, and um, it was like just walking to the clinic. They're like, okay, here's what you need to know about it. Um, they scheduled all, like my next vaccine. Yeah. Before I even got my first one, so we took care of all that. And then, I mean, as far as the nurse that like administered the vaccine. A pro, completely yeah. painless, didn't even feel it. <laughs> That's good. Vaccine needles are like tiny though. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I've like donated blood. Those are a little like yeah, those, those needles are, are a little thicker. Yeah. Like when you donate plasma, those are really thick needles. Um, the vaccine one is not even a problem. So even if you have like a problem with needles and stuff, they seriously make it completely painless. Um, and then yeah, they did the little fifteen minute like waiting area mm -hmm. where you, they kind of keep an eye on you, um, and nothing. No, no one in the waiting area was having any weird reactions. Everyone there felt great. Nurses were like going around, like pumping up everyone's spirits, yeah. like trying to get people excited. It was, it was, it was fun. But, uh, um, <laughs> side effects, nothing. Yeah. I had a so really sore arm. Yeah. Like sore my, arm. my arm was pretty sore on the second yeah. day specifically. 
Yeah, yeah. I didn't have any. I think the the most really that I felt after the first dose was like maybe a little fatigue, but I think that could just be written off as like crappy sleep. Yeah, it didn't for sure. feel like completely out of like normal. Um, but yeah, sore arm, no headaches or anything. Although I do hear that like the second dose is where you start to feel the effects a little bit. More. Yeah, that's that's what I'm preparing for emotionally and physically. For, yeah. for this second dose where I'm, I'm apparently going to feel like shit for like 20 hours and then fine. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so what, what may, may I ask what, what, uh, vaccine you got? You may, I got uh Moderna. Okay. So I got Pfizer. Pfizer, I think is like, if I was given the selection, I would, yeah. I think I would have chosen Pfizer. Yeah. Yeah. I think Pfizer is like the McDonald's of the vaccines. Yeah. And then like maybe uh, Moderna is like the Burger King. Yeah. <laughs> but only because the only reason that I would want Pfizer over Moderna is that there's a longer wait for the second shot with Moderna. Like mm. I have to wait four weeks instead oh, really? of the, the three weeks. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's the only reason. Um, other than yeah. that, I mean, I guess Johnson and Johnson, if you're really getting down to it, would be pretty sweet. Yeah. Just, the, uh, just well, the one time. I think the real difference, like there's not that, there, like how the vaccine works on like a chemical level isn't that different between Pfizer and Moderna. They both use a, a different, um, I, and I, I don't know any mm-hmm. of like how it works on, on like a, on like a physiological level. Yeah. Um, but I know that it does operate a little bit differently and it's a little bit newer of a technology. Yeah, it's like the Myrna technology yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, the, like, and then Johnson and & Johnson yeah. is just like a typical vaccine. Yeah, it's more of like the old technology vaccine. But uh, thinking about the differences in these vaccines, it made me wonder if like we should start just like uh, creating gangs based on what vaccine you got. Oh, absolutely. Moderna has like a really easy just Oh, yeah, you could down. just do the, uh, yeah. the upside down M with your hands. Yeah, I don't know how you do it. How do you do a P? How do you make a P look cool with your uh, hands? It's just going to look like white power. Like you can do like the blood It's going to look like the white power would, symbol. Yeah, it does, huh? Yeah, <laughs> it's going to. Pfizer has to work on that, the Pfizer gang. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I, we should start. We should just drop uh, the politi- the political party thing's getting kind of old. Republicans versus Democrats. Yeah. I'd say we drop that. Start building our tribalism around something a little more dumb like a vaccine. Absolutely, I'm all for it. It's kind of like Pokemon Go. You remember Pokemon Go when that came out, mm-hmm. and you had to choose a team at the very beginning. Oh yeah, and there was like red, blue, yellow. Like people that got hardcore into Pokemon Go, like would was, shit on other teams. Yeah, it was like don't <laughs> talk to me if you're yellow. Yeah, exactly, and I, and that's exactly why I went yellow. Um, I wanted to go against the grain, but as <laughs> as far as the vaccines go, I'm going right up the middle. That's right. Um, I even saw something on the internet that was like comparing each vaccine to what uh, Hogwarts house he would be in. <laughs> and I was like, is this where we're at with culture? Yeah. <laughs> like, man, we're in such a weird place. Um, and then I also thought, I thought this would be a cool question to just break open. So uh, if you could get vaccinated for one side effect of like, let's say life. Any something, some, anything, in anything life. in life that you could vaccinate away, what would it be? Um, I would. It would not. It wouldn't be so much as vaccinating something away as vaccinating something to me. Like I would, <laughs> I would love to be able to just like fall asleep whenever I want to. Really? Like, cause I, I just have like, I, I do not have like. Um, insomnia i don't think yeah but i have a hard time getting to sleep just because my brain's going internal Uh, clock is just kind of all over the place yeah Yeah. and i know so many people who can just you know easily fall asleep whenever they set their head down and i'm just endlessly Mm -hmm. jealous of them so so hit me with that that was that was really funny that you chose that but you chose it like kind of the opposite way that i'm going which is i wanted to get vaccinated for sleep so i wouldn't ever have to sleep (laughs) i guess that would that would 
absolutely increase productivity. But yeah. I feel like I would be bored. So, so I would yeah. get quickly bored. I don't know. I, I feel like I have too much to do. Yeah. And maybe that's just because I, I don't know. Right, right now in my life, I just have a lot of stuff that I need to work on. But I also am just like fighting to make time for like gaming and mm -hmm. stuff that I like to do um, outside of work. But if I had, yeah, an extra eight hours a day. Yeah, pretty, that'd be pretty nice. You get a lot done. It would be, but but you have to. It's a isolating eight hours, probably. You know. Yeah, no one else would be around. You would definitely want other people to get. <laughs> I would, don't know. Maybe you do all your work during that eight hours. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, and if <laughs> if you had, you would if you were a single person, you'd have no use for a bed. Like yeah, you know, that's a whole new room. Yeah, it really is. You wouldn't need a bed. That's yeah. That. Uh, a one-bedroom apartment would have suddenly more room yeah. without any extra square footage. Um, I like that. Wow. So uh, Utah has its very own specific brand of cringe, mm -hmm. you know? Yes. We, we have our own type of cringe, and uh, I think it it's not – I think our own brand of cringe comes usually comes from a good place, though. It's uh, It tends to be the result of, like, naive ignorance. Yeah. Where, I don't know, you know, someone's just trying to be cool or they're trying to do something good. And uh, in the past week, we had an example of just that. Yes. So uh, there's been an outpouring of support for the Asian community in Utah in reaction to the shootings that uh, happened in, in Atlanta a few weeks ago. One example of uh, that support came in the form of a flash mob that appeared uh, and, a, and performed a dance routine in uh, Salt Lake City's Chinatown district. Now, while flash mobs on their own are pretty cringy, yes, um, no one. I don't know. I don't. Flash mobs. Flash mobs don't really help anyone. But I get no. it. The gesture. It's it's all. It's 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 a gesture. Um, but the real gut punch of this story actually comes uh, from the music that they chose mm -hmm. to dance to, um, and they chose to uh, dance to Gangnam Style. <laughs> yeah, that's like this has to be the least thought through <laughs> like demonstration, right? Yeah, and these are pretty experienced people. I've seen this exact group like out at all sorts of protests and whatnot. Oh, really? I mean, I didn't see them personally, but like, you, I like know in that the media, yeah, yeah. I mean, stuff like, like there's, that. Yeah, yeah. there's whole articles on Salt Lake Trib about this specific group. So they're really? seasoned in this, especially after the last year when it was just filled with with demonstrations. See, I have totally out of the loop on on these guys and yeah. what we're talking about. I think they're called Dance Dance for Revolution. Yeah, for Revolution. Okay, and they just do. I, I'm assuming it's not all like a flash mob thing. Sometimes they do stuff in marches. Yeah. So there's more of a context for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like totally out of the loop on this stuff, but yeah, they kind of goofed up on this one. Yeah. Um, pretty big. Yeah. Pretty, pretty big. Like I saw, <laughs> I, I saw their, um, their like Instagram apology, which, you know, we really need to have mm -hmm. a mea culpa on like the screenshot of of notes. I guess yeah. mea culpa is not really the right word, but come <laughs> to Jesus. Yeah. Any anything. Um, and they they mention how they're gonna like take some time to educate themselves, and it's like no amount of education is just gonna like erase stupidity like yeah. that stupidity. Yeah. Because it's just how are there more than three people in a group and not one like you grab three people off of the street yeah. and they're not going to be like, Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. And I think that's, that happens kind of often with people that are trying to help too much. Mm -hmm. Like I, like there's been like a kind of a, a, like, I think the, the shops down there in the Chinatown district have kind of blown up over the past couple of weeks. Cause people are just showing up and like, yeah. 
you know, spending money and eating at their restaurants and stuff like that. And that kind of support is awesome. But sometimes people try a little too hard and they stub their toe. Yeah. <laughs> and or or they they're they're not really recognizing the problem. They're like just throwing any idea of like, oh, this will this will help, you know. And um, yeah. And then the fact that there's multiple people, there's a group of people working on this and no one spoke up mm-hmm. and said, maybe this isn't the right way to go about this. You know, it's like the Utah Film Center. If they were like, hey, we're going to do uh, a movie night to support the Asian community. And so you come down and we're going to have a screening of Karate Kid. Yeah. And you're exactly, just like, really? Exactly. <laughs> out of all the amazing Chinese cinema that's out there, we're going to watch Karate Kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty cringy. Um, and then if you're listening right now and you're wondering why <laughs> is there a problem with playing Gangnam Style <laughs> at Chinatown? It's because uh, Gangnam Style is in a Chinese song. It's yeah. from a Korean pop star. Yeah. Who's making fun of like rich Korean? Like it's it's just yeah. so like there are layers to this. Yeah, yeah. To how, to how silly <laughs> this is. Like yeah, it's it's it is definitely questionable. I mean, and even just the Chinatown thing is kind of like wait. So like you can demonstrate for Black Lives Matter all around Salt Lake, but for an Asian, you know, like an Asian Alliance type thing, you have to go to the to yeah. the one square block of. Of yeah. Chinese imagery, like yeah, yeah, and it's also, I mean, like, I mean, yes, it's definitely the vitriol sort of stuff is based upon, at least in my understanding, like China specifically, uh-huh. like given um, that the people, you know, calling it like kung flu and whatnot, and specifically yeah. talking about the China virus. But the problem is more encompassing. It's not just Chinese people that are being attacked. Yeah, you know what I mean, so yeah. it's all, I don't know, it's all pretty. Uh, yeah, it's 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 rough. Mm-hmm. Do, doing a little too much. Um, though, while we were doing uh, prep for this, and I was kind of reading about it, I started to get really interested in our Chinatown mm-hmm. down there in Salt Lake City. And uh, I started thinking about, like, how those types of neighborhoods start to form. Because, obviously, in, like, big metropolitan areas, there's, like, Chinatowns in yeah. L.A., San Francisco, New York. Have you been to any of those, like, Chinatowns? I've been to the Chinatown in, in San Francisco. Yeah, me too. Uh, and I've been, to, well, I've been to Koreatown in L.A. Yeah, I haven't been to, down, down to Koreatown in L.A., but anytime someone talks about, like, amazing food in L.A., it's always Koreatown. Uh, yeah, my girlfriend and I went to just, like, this somewhat abandoned Korean mall, mm-hmm. and they just have, like, a food court. Um, oh, nice. And I had some of... Some some really great food and some corn tea. I believe it was corn like tea. it was tea that tasted like corn, which you wouldn't think is good, but it was fucking delicious. Dang! So did you miss corn tea in the quarantine? There you go. <laughs> this was like a week and a half before quarantine. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, this got me thinking about uh, uh, how these how these Chinatowns form in metropolitan areas, and I wanted to do some digging. It's very half-assed digging. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a lot of Wikipedia and just, like, a couple news articles and stuff like that. But uh, read up on a little history about our Chinatown. So from Wikipedia, according to the Deseret News, groundbreaking on the new Chinatown. Now, let's talk about the current Chinatown, okay. the one that's currently in South Salt Lake, which I should say is more of a commercial yeah, definitely. thing. It's not like a, like a lot of the Chinese community lives mm-hmm. there. It was built more as, like, an opportunity zone mm-hmm. for for uh, the, the Chinese population and Uh, Salt Lake City. So uh, the groundbreaking on the new Chinatown occurred in 2011 uh, for a Chinese-themed shopping mall with uh, 27,000 square foot, uh, a 20,000 square foot Asian grocery, 65,000 square foot indoor mall, including 38 Asian-themed shops and 12,000 square feet Asian-themed strip mall. The strip mall is now open. Uh, Margaret Yee, a 1962 graduate, said that uh, 10,000 plus 
Chinese nationals living in the area have wanted a Chinatown for a long time. And by late 2012, the Chinatown has, ex- Chinatown has experienced an upsurge in ch- of Chinese immigrants, and the businesses are now filling up. Um, so even before that, so that's the new Chinatown. That's yeah. one that currently exists just off of uh, 33rd South in South Salt Lake. Uh, but there was a Chinatown that was more of the traditional Chinatown mm-hmm. a long time ago um, in downtown Salt Lake uh, in a place called Plum Alley, which I think is this, the alley or was the alley mm-hmm. just east of Regent Street. Yeah, it's a parking garage now. It's a parking garage yeah. now. <laughs> like all things in Salt Lake. So it was, yeah, it was it was decimated in the most Salt Lake way possible to put up a parking garage. Um, so this is a little info on the original uh, Chinatown in downtown Salt Lake City. Historically, the city of Salt Lake uh, had a Chinatown that was located in a section called Plum Alley that contained a Chinese population that worked in the mining camps in the Transcontinental Railroad. The first Chinese people came in the 1960s, that came in the 1960s, had formed a historical Chinatown in a section, um, in the in the section called Plum Alley, south of State Street, uh, which, or west of State Street, that lasted until 1952. The area had a network of laundromats, restaurants, and uh, oriental specialty shops. While most residents kept within their micro-community, the residents did take part in some local Salt Lake City traditions. According to the tourist sign located at the former Chinatown, the Salt Lake City New Year's Day Parade featured a 200-foot-long Chinese dragon. According to KUED-TV, Plum Alley was eventually raised and replaced by the Regent Street Parking Terrace. Yeah. So that's what happened there. Um, And I think... In those times, so there was like that was probably starting in like the late 1800s to early 1900s, mm-hmm. over a, like 100 years ago. Um, these neighborhoods were formed because there was an inf- influx of immigrants, yep, and they had like no opportunities. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that were was you know because of what was going on at the time or because of racial things. Um, but it's almost like the, the immigrant communities were forced to make their own micro economies yeah. because they weren't just getting jobs in white neighborhoods and stuff like that. So they had to create services and stores and all these places that they could, you know, use. And not only that, but like control and make money off of. Um, and I think those iterations of immigrant neighborhoods kind of come from a racial place, yeah. you know? So like the, like, I mean, it, it said in that article that they were, it came from like mining camps and trans and working on the transcontinental railroad. I'm sure a lot of them against their will, because like, if you look back on the history of that kind of stuff, it is like really disgusting yeah. and seedy how they, how they, uh, got, you know, immigrants to work on those types of projects. Um, but so, so if you imagine like back in that time, if there wasn't all the horrible racist shit that was going on. There probably wouldn't been, have been as, as as many of these like tiny no yeah niche neighborhoods hundred percent you know and so um but the other side of this conversation I think is like I actually kind of like neighborhoods mm-hmm. that embrace a certain culture you know yeah absolutely I think that it's something that was started out of necessity given mm-hmm. the safety in numbers because I yes because yes. when I was re- doing my research it was basically saying that yeah like. Asian violence and like by this time this is around when they're passing like that whole Chinese exclusion act when they like yeah just said you can't immigrate here mm-hmm. um and so yeah the safety and numbers thing so like it starts in this terrible place and but I I agree with you I, I really like a, a Chinatown yeah. or, or a Korea town or something yeah you know what I mean like I think that it it does provide you with new opportunities to learn and stuff so that's always cool 
Yeah. And so like, I, yeah, I think certain communities that were, were, you know, immigrant, you know, people of certain, it might be a racial thing or a cultural thing, but those people owning it and, um, being able to kind of thrive there without other communities poking in, yeah, you know, I think it's like important for them to like own their stuff, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I really like the idea of like certain parts of our city, city dedicated to certain cultures, whether it's like black, Latino, Pacific, like Pacific Islander uh, culture here in, in Utah and Asian communities. And they can hold the power in those neighborhoods and own the businesses and make it easier for immigrants to thrive in those neighborhoods without, while, while like limiting gentrification. Yeah. You know, they can control that and they can stop people from coming in and buying up the land and selling it at a profit, which is something that is happening right now in Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's like a weird complex conversation where it's like, yeah, these neighborhoods kind of came out of like necessity for like horrible racist shit that was going on yeah. back in the day. But I actually kind of love knowing where I can go to like engage with those communities and hopefully learn about those communities and, and stuff like that. hundred percent. Um, so yeah, it's not something that we can solve here or <laughs> we have like the most nuanced perspective, uh, being two white guys, but I would actually love to talk to like a business owner Yeah, that, you know, has a business in Chinatown or one of those communities and talk about, you know, the, the benefits of, of those types of neighborhoods. So uh, as Mad Marchness or Mad Mar- March Madness, <laughs> it comes is mad. Mad, some mad Marchness comes to a conclusion. Uh, another tournament is taking place at a local news outlet. KSL launched the best takeout food bracket. Yeah. So Utahns could vote on their favorite restaurants to see and, and see who makes the final round. So uh, this hasn't concluded. They're in the like final four mm-hmm. round right now of the, uh, the takeout food bracket. Um, I actually didn't hear about this. I was... Was not hadn't been on KSL for a couple of days. I heard about it because you and a, another one of our friends, uh, in a text thread, just yeah. started like immediately <laughs> bashing. <laughs> yeah, bitching about how horribly this bracket was going. Yeah. Um, and then so I took a look at it and I was like, okay, I can understand why now. <laughs> um, so, uh, they put sixty four different restaurants mm-hmm. around Utah into this bracket, and they've been working their way through this tournament and they've now narrowed it down to the top four restaurants. And we should say <clears throat> that this is KSL's audience probably. Yeah. And that everything is subjective and everything is being put to a vote. So mm-hmm. people vote between restaurants to narrow down this bracket. And I do think that they are at least for the most part, local restaurants. Yeah. Um, that was one of the kind of qualifiers that they put on it in the opening is like, these are local restaurants, but when we get into it, some are a little more local than others. Um, yes. And, yeah. and that's where some of the frustration comes from. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, the, there, there is like a little bit of democracy here and I think probably some more nuanced or like niche restaurants are probably getting washed out by like the general populace, Yeah, you know? Uh, but right now the bracket is in the final four and the four finalists are JCW's. Okay. Cafe Rio. Okay. Crown Burger mm-hmm. and the pie. Yeah. How do you feel about these finalists? I don't. I've, I do not want to speak ill of JCW's because I've never eaten at JCW's mm-hmm. and I typically like burgers. Yeah. Um, but the other three I could do without, honestly. I mean, Cafe Rio is good. We've talked time and time again about the Tomatillo Ranch, but like, yeah. Is it what we want to represent the best actual takeout of Utah? Because I don't think so. Yeah. And 
is and I and I didn't read into like the body copy of like the post mm-hmm. on KSL. I don't. Were they talking about like w- were you supposed to consider like the takeout services? Like how how good are they at delivering your food? Or no, like, I don't think so. I think it was all just like just what's restaurant. a restaurant. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that um, I know that you're allowed to vote multiple times, mm-hmm. which is you know, yeah, in and of itself somewhat questionable, I guess, when you're talking about a a, a, bra- a bracket. But yeah, that's okay, I guess. Um, so we have. A burger, two burger places, mm-hmm. kind of Mexican food, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a pizza joint, yeah. Um, so I think that one of the first things off off the bat is all of the like kind of immigrant food places mm-hmm. just didn't, didn't have a chance. Yeah, <laughs> so like some of them made it pretty far if you look at the bracket. But I think Red Iguana just lost last round. So in the Elite Eight. Red Iguana lost to yes. Cafe Rio, which is yeah. just like Red Iguana versus Cafe Rio and Cafe Rio winning is like a fucking war crime. Oh, but it is like totally what in, like it encompasses yeah, you're right. the, the, the thing that most people are annoyed with, with Utah, yeah. or it's that same level of cringiness that mm-hmm. we're talking about. We have our own special brand of cringe and like Red Iguana losing to Cafe Rio is part of that yeah. where you're like, how did this happen? I know. But I get it. People got to, like, drink their ranch. There's just, like, tons of Cafe Rios all over the country, though. Yeah, so yeah. it's just, like, I don't get it. And people, like, come to Utah to eat red iguana. Yeah. Like, like it's a famous place. It is. And it's, like, been on a bunch of food shows and stuff like that. It just, like, has, like, this kind of, like, legacy. I guess Cafe Rio has its own legacy, but, like. Tomatillo Ranch. Yeah, it's just the ranch. It's so <laughs> it's just it's, it's And just they do the have ranch. the crushed ice, which is nice. Every and they always yeah. have vanilla coke on shit. Maybe see Cafe this is Rio's the whitest shit ever. Bad. This is like this is why they're the best Mexican restaurant: ranch and vanilla coke. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think everything that's on Cafe Rio's menu, if you take any item, mm-hmm. you can immediately just within like you could throw a rock at a place that makes it better. Yeah, you know, one hundred percent. So. Uh, so yeah, this, they started with 64 restaurants. They got down to those four restaurants. So when you, so when going through the bracket and seeing some of the matchups, uh, who lost previous mm-hmm. matchups, well, which ones were you like baffled by? I'm somewhat baffled that, that crown burger is this high up and I get side eye anytime I talk about this, yeah. but I think that crown burger is like a second rate Greek burger place. Like, I, I, I think, I think so too. I think it's, I think it has the cafe Rio problem mm-hmm. where it was better the smaller it was. Yeah. And as it got bigger, it kind of wasn't as good. And it's just like, I would rather have Apollo. I would rather have Astro. I'd mm-hmm. rather have Atlantis, any of the A's. Yeah. They're all, they're all better. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in terms of specific matchups, Slackwater lost to JCW's in the first round. Which Incredible. Was, I think that Slackwater was just like recently voted like a top restaurant in America. So yeah. good job. Um, <laughs> Charlie's Chicken lost to Mo Betta's in the first round. The first round was brutal. that's a tough that's a that's a tough one. Not and for me. I know. I know you are like ride or die, <laughs> Mr. Charlie's Chicken. I'm also ride or die for Mokies, which is better Hawaiian than Mo Betta's. Okay, that's a good point. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't been to Mokies, but um, but, but I mean yeah. that's brutal. R- uh, Burger Bar. Matched up against Pretty Bird was just like a real Sophie's choice. Yeah, that one's tough. Yeah. But it was, it's funny. I, I took my partner to a Burger Bar. Burger Bar is a, a just a tiny little burger shack that is in the town that Dan and I grew up in. And uh, um, so we went and uh, hung out with my dad. And then we, we, I was like, let's go to Burger Bar. We mm-hmm. go to Burger Bar. And she was like, I don't get what's great about this. <laughs> and I kind of forgot. Like, I grew up eating Burger Bar and just, like, loving it. And it was yeah. always just, like, a classic place. Um 
like the Big Ben, their signature burger, mm-hmm. doesn't really have anything on it. <laughs> no, it's just a big flat burger. <laughs> it's a big. It has a nice bun. I like the bun. I do like. They the do bun. have good yeah. fries, and I think that what what really sets Burger Bar apart is their exotic meat selection. Like yeah, every so week, weird. every week or <laughs> month, they change, and it's like shark. Yeah, you get a giraffe. shark burger. You can like, get yeah, like a like a bison burger. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just like. A flat, a really big flat burger with like lettuce, pickles, and fry sauce mm-hmm. on it. That's like about yeah, it. That's true. That <laughs> is a good really point. Good. Yeah, and they I have good and shakes too. Really good shakes. Yeah, I think that's what like most people stop mm-hmm. there for. It's like just a quick shake or something like that. But uh, yeah, when I, it was so funny because like we were eating it, and she's like, "What? What's good about this? Is there's nothing special about it?" And I'm like, "There isn't. <laughs> there's not. I love it, but there's nothing special about it." Yeah. Uh, so yeah, JCWs. I had that on mine too. Be- beating Slackwater. I'm like, come on. Yeah. Um, and they went on to beat Bombay House too, which Bombay is one House my, was pretty one pretty of my favorite sad. restaurants. And I, I was like, how? It's like again, I don't want to be a snob about food, but like, come on. Yeah. Like, I I've always said that the best food in Salt Lake City is immigrant food, mm-hmm. and like these burger joints, mm-hmm. <laughs> just sweeping through all these amazing restaurants is just infuriating. Um, but you know, in general, it seems like just immigrant food is faring bad among the KSL readers. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe I'm surprised that Lucky 13 lost out. Yeah. Uh, only in like the third round or something like it did. I yeah. thought Lucky 13 carried this like real heavy weight of reputation. and It did. Yeah. And it just seems as if, you know, this fucking Walmart ass bracket got, yeah. got, uh, got the best of it. Is, is Lucky 13 another place that's maybe at risk of getting overhyped yeah it is a little overhyped yeah i i mean like i love lucky 13 and i actually i just as much as the burgers Mm -hmm. i I just like being there i love their patio i like that part of salt lake um uh, yeah so i I just like hanging out there and having a drink but um yeah i think maybe just maybe we're we just got to dial it back a little bit on the hype Mm -hmm. you know it's a good bar burger it's a specialty burger place like if you go there and you just get kind of like a plain burger, I bet it'll be really yeah. delicious. Yeah. But mostly like people are going there and getting like that really crazy garlic one or the peanut butter burger, which is what I get, which is pretty yeah. good. Yeah. And I, I do the same thing. I reach for like the the crazy mm-hmm. good stuff, you know. Um, but like maybe I should just go in there and just like have a basic burger. Yeah. You know. Um, let me see if I had – no, I didn't have any others. Okay. So based on the restaurants that were listed, there was a, there was a bunch that were left off the list. But like mm-hmm. – just taking the ones that were already on there, who would be in your final four? My final four is Slackwater. Okay. Mr. Charlie's Chicken. Okay. Pretty Bird. Okay. And Bombay House. All right. See, I had Bombay House on my final four, too. Um, on the uh, one of the other brackets, I had Saudi. Saudi okay. Thai I food. was close. To, yeah. I was close to swapping out Saudi for Pretty Bird because I was like, I can't have two chicken places. Yeah. But I did. Saudi, I think, I still think is the best lunch special you can get in Salt Lake. Very good. Yeah, it's a ton of food, too. Mm-hmm. And you can try, like, two different entrees with yeah. the lunch special. It's so good. And not, not only that, but they are, like, I'm, I really love hospitality. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I love most about restaurants is hospitality. Walking into Saudi, door op- gets open for you, and they, like, rush you into a table and then, like, have drinks for you immediately. They're just, like, on top of it. Yeah. And so it's, like, always just a great experience. Um, which is another reason why it's a good lunch place if you're having like lunch places especially you you have to be able to do it on a lunch break so you have to be able to get in and out within an hour yeah while pretty bird is really good and i would recommend it to anyone who wanted to have lunch in salt lake it's not 
like it can't be the ideal lunch place because you're always waiting. It's yeah. like it's too popular to the be. The new you know. the new uh since they opened the new one in Sugar House, the the original Regent Street Pretty Bird will be uh pick up only. Oh really? No more sitting. Forever? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I like it. Yeah. It's 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 so it's, it's so small. Tiny. It's so small. It's fucking tiny. Yeah. <laughs> if you're sitting in a booth or not a booth, uh, on like the the bar because mm-hmm. they have like two bars that you yeah. can sit at. Um you're like bumping elbows with people who are filling drinks and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's just a little too close. Their patio area is nice. That's fine. And maybe they'll continue having the patio yeah. area and stuff like that. But I think that works. Um, I haven't been to the new one in Sugar House. Is that open? I haven't either. Yes. It just opened a couple of weeks ago. And I'm excited. They got a new menu item specifically yeah. for that. And, that speci- and, and and speaking of Mr. Charlie's, they're getting a new location. Yeah. And Draper. Yeah. yeah. Good for them. Yeah. I wish they would open it a little further north or like yeah. – downtown somewhere but that's fine yeah and i guess this is another tangent but i went to we, we both went to uh, mr charlie's last week yeah because you were talking about it and i started craving it and mm-hmm. then the next day we were both there but um when i was there i was thinking about like how i always hear people talking about raising canes have mm-hmm. you ever had raising canes Mm-mm. you know what it is right yeah it's like just a chicken joint mm-hmm. um and people always talk about it They're like oh man it's amazing they have really good sauces and stuff and we really need to get one here in Utah. And I'm like, man, I don't want another one of those like yeah. kind of huge national. I'm like, I want more Mr. Charlie's. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Raising Cane's did open in West Valley. Just oh, it a did? Few months ago. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, our friend Moses is one of those people that talks about Raising Cane's like it's raising <laughs> the, the Dead Sea. <laughs> Shout out so. to Moses. Moses is all, like, even since we were in high school, has always been the guy who knew what the coolest like fast food joints are. Yeah. Like he told me about Chipotle before we got Chipotle. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, oh, Chipotle's so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, Mo- Moses is always on top of those like really good chains. Uh, okay, so uh, my yeah, yeah. So final four: Sawadee uh, Park Cafe mm-hmm. was like, you know what? As far as a breakfast place goes, they're not trying too hard. Like I love Ruth's Diner. I love breakfast at Ruth's Diner. I love the location. Mm-hmm. Um, after breakfast, yeah, eh, it's all. It's just it's it's all right. It's not bad. It's still like good good to have drinks there. It's still a great place to hang out. Um, but uh, Park Cafe doesn't try too hard. Mm-hmm. Just like straight up breakfast and they can move it fast. I really and like so, their potatoes. Yeah, really good potatoes. Um, so I was just like, you know what? Park Cafe is a, a classic. I want to I want to drag them to the final four. Uh, and then Wing Coop for a very specific reason. Um, Utah doesn't really have great wing places. Yeah. We, we don't like – there's a lot of – we actually have quite a few wing places. And they're not that great. Yeah. They're not super good. I think Wing Coop is really good. Um and uh, they were like one of the places that I got takeout from a lot. Mm-hmm. And they're just they're like close a, to you, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Well, they yeah. So they yeah. The one up in uh, I guess you would call it Mill Creek. There's a nut. There's a specific Canyon name for that. Rim. Name. Yeah, Canyon Rim. Yeah. Um, so that one's close, but they just opened one downtown. Oh, cool. Uh, during the pandemic, I believe. Wow. Like they yeah, they're thriving. Um, so yeah, Wing Coop, I really love. It's I, I love the kind of like uh. The uh, the kind of like stoner ski bum hangout yeah. place, yeah. <laughs> like too. I think that's a very Utah specific place. Um, okay, so out of people that got left out that maybe didn't make it into the bracket, who do you think should hires big H? Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were gonna. I had that note here. I was. I like, do not understand <laughs> how hires big H is not on this bracket. Like, it, yeah, it, it checks all the boxes. Mormons love it. Yeah, so like it would have been a hit on the bracket. Mm-hmm. It's very popular. It's like an actual Salt Lake institution. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. been there since the fucking fifties. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't. I do not understand how that is not on this bracket. Yeah. Yeah. I. Yeah. I. I. When I look at JCWs, I'm like, is hires the refined man's JCWs? You know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know how that didn't make it on there. 
just a blip, I guess. Yeah, it seems like like the more obvious place, and especially since like we have two burger joints in the final four. I know. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, so I agree. Higher should have been on there. Any others? Uh, I just the Olympian good breakfast for yeah. <laughs> you know for for your buck, and yeah. I put Jeremiah's too. I just like breakfast. So. No- notoriously, Olympian is like the uh, hangover spot. Yeah, yeah, good hangover spot for sure. Um, so uh, I think Grove Market Deli could use to shout out. Mm-hmm. I really love Grove Market Deli, and they're not the most expansive menu, but they just do what they do really well. Yeah. Um, and I even think that the you know their sandwiches like kind of compete with like Caputo's or Feldman's, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I think Grove Market Deli should have been on there. Uh, also, so with the pizza thing, pizza is another one of those things that I don't think Utah quite has the hang of yet. Yeah. And I personally am not a huge fan of. The pie. I'm not a fan of the pie either. Rubber cheese. It's rubber yeah, cheese. It's too, and too much of it. Yeah. There's a lot of cheese. Maybe that's why I feel like it's rubber cheese. Yeah. I think you can only have like one slice of pizza there and then you're like, you have to have like a nap. Mm-hmm. Like it's a coma place. And I just don't love coma places where Me you just either. like eat way too much. I still think, and, and I think there's a lot of people that probably have a problem with this, but I still think pie hole, sober or drunk, yeah. is the best pizza. Like yeah. buy the slice. Like, I don't know. And maybe that's just my preference. I've never been like a deep dish guy. Mm-hmm. I like thin. I like, uh, like kind of New York big yeah. slices. Um, and I still think they just have the best pizza and it might be greasy, whatever. I don't know, but it's just like, what else is there? I would take lucky slice over the pie too. Yeah. And maybe, maybe it's just, I'm too far removed from Ogden at this point. I've had be, lucky yeah. slice in, in a long time. I probably have had lucky slice do, in six yeah. years. I do love lucky slice though. Um, and then as far as the, uh, Greek burger joint stuff, I, I'm, I'm on, your side, man. I put a note here that said I would have traded Astro for Crown. Yeah, any of them, honestly. Yeah, that one's also for my partner, who's like a ride or die Astro person. I used to be a ride or die Astro person because I worked at a an establishment right next door to an Astro Burger. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but eventually, I just the the fry sauce at Apollo Burger and the fries, I think in general, are just so much better than mm. the fries and fry sauce at Astro Burger yeah. that I was okay. like, all right. And then the bacon. The bacon specifically at Atlantis Burger yeah. on their bacon burger is crazy. I, think, I do like yeah. Astro Burger too. Yeah, and Ch- Astro Burger has good like chicken mm-hmm. too. Yeah, they have really good chicken. Um, I and the fry sauce thing I think is interesting because uh, <laughs> we've been uh, talking at home, <laughs> talking about like what makes a good fry sauce, mm-hmm. you know. And I think I mean at the at, at its core it's just ketchup and mayo, yeah. right? But I think there's a lot to be said about the balance, mm-hmm. ketchup and mayo. And then sometimes people add different things on. Like, is Apollo uh, one of those places that adds, like, kind of, like, barbecue flavor It's a little barbecue Just a little hit of yeah. it, you know? I think it would be an interesting, maybe not an interesting podcast. Maybe it would be better in a video format <laughs> to, like, try to find the perfect fry sauce, you yeah. know? Yeah, I, I, I would do it. Um, so, yeah, I would take Astro Burger over, over I would as those. well. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll uh, be back to talk about festivals, which ones are back on the menu uh, this summer in Utah. So as our communities get uh, closer and closer to normal life, events are slowly starting to make a comeback. Last podcast, we talked about Life is Beautiful. We did. They announced uh, their festival happening uh, in fall of this year. Uh, down in Las Vegas. Now those effects are starting to hit Utah as local promoters make new announcements for festivals that will return in 2021. So the big one from last week was uh, Ogden Twilight announced that they were coming back. That is very good news. Very good news. And it would not, it, they're not doing a whole season-long festival. Usually it's like a few weeks where they have a show a week. Yeah. Um, 
It's going to be a little dialed back this year, but they're going to do two nights. So it's going to be on August. Uh, let me see. Did I have the dates? Oh, yeah, August 20th and 21st. So those two nights, they're going to have the festival. Uh, the roster hasn't been announced yet. They're working on that. Uh, so if you want to uh, stay up to date on that, make sure you follow Ogden Twilight on Instagram. That's where I saw it. I'm mm-hmm. sure they have other social media uh, pages. Uh, so no no roster yet. But I wanted to discuss with you, uh, who would you like to see come to Ogden this year? If I'm being entirely honest, if they just like brought back – there, if they just brought back the roster from last year, it was a pretty good roster before everything got got canceled. I think it was Tycho. Yeah. They Tyco. had the uh, ever important Flaming Lips. Yeah, a staple. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> who else was it? It was the Head and the Heart. It was. There were some really really good bands there, um, and and I was excited for it. But but in terms of who I would want to see, is that what you're asking me? Like if I just had my pick of the yeah, litter? Yeah, sure. I mean, let's let's be reasonable. Yeah. Kendrick isn't gonna no, play Ogden Twilight, no, you know. No. Rage Against the Machine isn't gonna play Ogden Twilight. So no. kind of, kind of on that level of, of festival. <laughs> yeah, you know. Okay, so I got a few. I got Coda the friend. Coda who, the friend. Coda actually was on one of uh, our friend Earthworm's songs once. So that was oh, nice. cool. That's how I heard about him. The man has put out four releases in the past calendar year, and I just feel like that's that's the type of endurance that yeah. Ogden deserves. Um, all four of them are good. He put out four albums. Four songs. Four albums. Four albums. Yeah. In one year. Yeah. Two of the albums wow. are like very, very quick. Like each song is like a minute and a half to a minute to a minute and a half. So like, yeah, it's like an album of verses. Exactly. That's pretty cool. But it's so good. That's awesome. Um, so he would be he would probably be number one on my wish list. Uh, number two, LMA, because uh, that's a good pick. Yeah, a few things I love quite as much as beautiful women singing R and B. Yeah. Um. Magic Sword, because these things always tend to have an electronic vibe at least yeah. once or twice in, in, in their calendar. Yeah. Um, and that's like a, that's a fun, that's a fun, you know, just like 80s synthwave mm-hmm. sounding yeah. band. The, that, uh, the the chilled out kind of, uh, the, the vibe out show, mm-hmm. you know, exactly. where it's not really like uh, lyrics. You don't have to sit, there's no sing along, there's nothing. Yeah. And and y- there's not this pressure to com- constantly face the band, you know, so mm-hmm. people can kind of just, like, vibe out to the music. Enjoy. I think those, like, Tycho would have been perfect for that yeah. last year. And I saw Tycho down at Life is Beautiful, and it was exactly that, like, just, that might have been the most, like, engaged crowd out of any show that I saw down there. Yeah, because um, they always, instrumental bands like that always do such fun things with the visuals because they uh-huh. have to kind of keep your attention yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think that Magic Sword would be great for that, like, they're just yeah. basically like demonic Daft Punk. Like they, yeah. they wear like helmets. They look a little more sinister. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean those are my those are my big ones. I'd also like to see the National, who is a band that like I know has played Salt Lake Twilight before, yeah. and I just wasn't in on them at the time. I actively disliked the National for a few years, and then at some point just came around. You're on it now. Yeah, I'm on <laughs> it. Our National? friend Kyle is persistent. He. Oh, really? (laughs) Was he bullying you into listening to the National? He he got me to listen to this one specific album, and it just kind of opened the entire discography to me. Okay. So. Yeah. I just, I think the most I've engaged with them is just the uh, the, uh, Red Wedding on Game of Thrones. The Game of Thrones stuff. Wait, is that, is that, that's them, right? They did. So who? Yeah, that's right. He's got that voice that is so deep. Yeah. It is really good. Um so as far as uh, people that I want to see, so my number one, and this is this might be number one of just like bands that I want to see at all, but I think mm-hmm. they're on the level that we could possibly get them there is uh, Wolfpack. Okay, yeah. So I think that would be a great show. Like they have an enormous fan base, but they're not like mainstream. No, they're they're very niche, and 
like they they released a a, a live album um, at the end of 2019. They played Madison Square Garden. Okay, so they played That's Madison huge. Square Garden and <laughs> filled it. Wow! But they don't seem like the type of band that could do that. They just did it because they have enough loyal followers yeah. that people like would actually road trip out to yeah. New York to see them. That would be a fun show too. I mean, like, oh yeah, dance party. Yeah, a huge dance party. They, <clears throat> they're they're like if you don't know Wolfpack, they're essentially like four dudes who went to music school together. So they like are probably like a little more classically trained, but mm-hmm. they created a funk band, and each of them has their own solo projects. And they all play every instrument. So their whole show is just them rotating around, playing different instruments, playing all these songs. And they usually have a few collaborators that uh, they tour with and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I think they're manageable size. I think they wouldn't be too expensive. Um, and they would just, like, burn the place down. Yeah. Like, it would be awesome. Uh, just, like, some – just a couple other, you know – and I guess these are more people that I've just been into as of yeah. late that I'm like, that'd be cool if they came. Uh, Glass Animals. I'd okay. love to see them. I'm still waiting on that makeup show from when their uh, drummer got injured. Again, not their fault or anything. Yeah. But uh, Thundercat I've been way into lately. Okay. And I'm just like, man, a Thundercat show would That would be, be really fun. Um, and then Phoebe Bridgers. I thought about putting Phoebe Bridgers, and yeah. I thought she might be too big. She's on She's on the cusp, she's you know? Right she's right there. on that line where, I don't know, maybe the, maybe maybe we, now's the time to get her because I think at the end of the pandemic, people are still kind of weighing their worth mm-hmm. in the industry and in different markets. Yeah. And, and maybe she doesn't realize, <laughs> she doesn't know yet how big she yeah. is. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if there are many people who came out of the pandemic better than Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah. Like, I feel like it all took place then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just used to listen to this really sad song about like her friend dying or something. And that was the only song I'd ever heard about uh-huh. her. And now she's just a huge, yeah. it's crazy. Good albums too. Good. Like yeah. the stuff that she's produced lately is really good. Um, so yeah. And we also have some Intel from uh Salt Lake Tribune about the state of other annual festivals in Utah happening this year. Some of them probably not going to go to, Yeah, <laughs> but <me either. laughs> we'll give it, we'll give an update. Uh, living traditions. Do you ever go to that? No, I'm not yeah. even honestly that sure what it is. It's like a cultural and folk festival. There's okay. like art demonstrations, music and stuff like that. Cool. Uh, happening this year though, instead of a huge festival like they normally do, they're going to be doing a series of virtual and in-person events over the course of a month. Okay. And it's in May. So it's like a little bit still early. Yeah. You know? They don't have, the, the the window that like Ogden Twilight has in September or August. Uh, Pride Festival, uh, Parade won't be happening, but they're going to do a, uh, they got some pandemic friendly ideas. So for 2021, the Pride Center is putting on a week long Pride celebration, June 1st to the 7th with plans uh, for such events as fireworks, uh, socially distanced march uh, from the Capitol to Liberty Park um, with part of the route along Harvey Milk Boulevard. When I saw this, when I read this, I thought, okay, so no parade, no pride parade, yeah. but they're going to do a pride march. Yeah. Is it possible that we could make marches more fun than parades? Well, this is the one parade that I think is actually pretty entertaining. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it <laughs> is what, It is the best parade. That's what <laughs> That's what sucks about, like, I, I never thought I'd be bummed that a parade wasn't happening, but this is the one, you yeah. know? This yeah. is the one. Uh, but, yes, I do think we could make marches more entertaining than, yeah. than parades. I mean, there's a lot of people that probably be like, I like sitting in a lawn chair more than walking. Yeah. I don't know. I would love to, like, walk. Yeah. If, if they if they had the streets blocked off and everyone could just walk Salt Lake. Yeah, that's cool. And, you know, uh, you know, maybe cops are being a little cool. You can booze up a little <laughs> bit, you know, <laughs> a little a little public drinking. There's no way people aren't boozed up. I know, right? At, at any of these things, even, yeah. like, a normal pride parade. Uh, yeah, any any – I like 
if if I have to go through a parade, there's going to be alcohol involved. Even, yeah. <laughs> even if it's like a 7 a.m. parade, yeah. it's like, I got to get through this. Uh, they also are going to have an uh, interactive outdoor story garden. It'll be set up at Washington Square where attendees with masks can learn about LGBTQ history, the Stonewall riots, transgender identities, and more. Um, so, yeah, they're going to have tickets and stuff like that. Visit utahpridecenter.org to stay up to date on all that stuff. Uh, Utah Shakespeare Festival happening. Yeah. I'm seeing billboards for it. Are you going to go see? No. It? No? It's in Cedar City, isn't it? That's yeah. so far away. It's not that far. I Come don't on. like Cedar Okay, City. so what if, we, what if we... Okay, could we send you down there and do some content? Doth protest too much. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you if we want to. If it's for content, but not out it. of the enjoyment of your like own leisure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, they're going to... Uh, let me see. Um, so, yeah, they canceled last season. Uh, holdovers that stand to get a second chance this year will include uh, William Shakespeare's uh, Pericles, which will kick off the festival June 24th, um, as well as Richard III, Comedy of Errors, and Cymbeline. I'm sure if I'm pronouncing any of these weird play names wrong, Katie is going to, our friend Katie Hunter is going to yell at me. Katie, a big Shakespeare one? I don't think so. I don't know. Oh. I don't want to speak for her on this podcast. She's going to text us and tell us whether she's a Shakespeare fan or not. But they do other stuff. Give it up for Pericles. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Again, you can find uh, info on that at bard.org. Uh, some of the other stuff, Days of 47 Parade is a maybe. Who cares yeah. about that, really? <laughs> you know? Again, any parade. I'm not just our demo. It. <laughs> uh, Comic-Con Fan X, as far as the uh, Salt Lake Tribune is reporting, that is on this year. I'm surprised it was off last year. I mean, it's right. kind of like a, you know, just a free-for-all, isn't it? Just kind of already yeah. like, meh. Yeah, so they're they're very op- optimistic that it's happening, set for, except for September 16th and 18th. They actually have a couple people that are already slated to uh, be there, um, but they said they will have, like, mask policies and stuff like mm. that, which at Comic-Con, that's, that's like the in- easiest place to wear a mask, yeah, you know? <laughs> absolutely. It, I do wonder, like, when is that, when when will the people with liberties uh, actually have a point about the masks? I do I do wonder. Yeah. In September, if they're asking me to wear a mask somewhere, it's like, yeah. who else is doing this? Yeah, that's going to, <laughs> and that, that's, that's an interesting uh, conversation in its own is like, will we get to a point where like, okay, I'm going to be diligent about it every, every about you know wearing my mask and try to respect every policy, but then you go to places where no one yeah. is just like wearing a mask, and you're like, oh man. So there's definitely going to be some like weird social pre- pressure uh, towards the late summer and fall. Uh, Salt Lake Twilight up in the air, but it's nah. usually up in the air yeah. everywhere <laughs> yeah. every year. Um, Are we doing this? Uh, Utah Arts Festival is happening. Good, that's good. They are pushing it to August though. Uh, which is fine. Yeah. Push everything to then. Yeah, I'm yeah. fine with that. Yeah, we can have an awesome late summer, early fall. Mm-hmm. We're just going to do the, the vaccine rollout and just kind of hang tight, get reacquainted with our families again. Yeah. <laughs> and we can we can do all this fun stuff in uh, August and September. Um, so, yeah, that's that's back on. Uh, it's scheduled for August 27th to 29th, uaf.org for details. Um, Craft Lake City, on. That's Gotta love it. August, uh, Utah State Fair Park. Um Red Butte Concert Series. So this one usually gets announced in, like, April. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the next couple of weeks is when they would usually announce the uh, lineup. Again, if uh, I am hoping, like, I really want Red Butte to throw yeah. some, do some concerts this year. Uh, but I would totally be patient for it. Like, just wait. Just let yeah. it be late August, early September. Do four instead of 20. No, yeah. absolutely. Um so yeah, I would love that. So uh, I would too. I'm I'm really hopeful about Red Butte because I yeah. that's the one thing that it's like oh, summer and and 
you know, early fall is perfect for an outdoor concert. Yes. Like I love, I love, and that's perfect for kind of easing back into things too, mm-hmm. being outdoors. So yes, yeah. please, please. That'd be great. Um, should be no surprise to anyone. Utah State Fair <laughs> on. <laughs> it is on. It was on last year. I know. It never it was never <laughs> off. <laughs> um, so that's going to be uh, happening 9th through the 19th. What's the state of the Utah State Fair? Are you are you a fan? Uh, Annie loves it. Yeah? Annie, yeah. The two years that her and I have been together, she's gone to it. So, Or the two years that it's happened since we've been together. Is it yeah. is it a specific thing? Is it the rides? Is it the food? Or is it just kind of the... Uh, I think it's more food and uh, just kind of tradition. Like the, of. the romanticization yes. of, like, the yes. fair. Yeah. But also, like, cool cotton candy that's shaped like a duck. Stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just at a point where I think I'm done with any kind of ride that isn't bolted into the ground. 100%. You know? Nothing that travels from state to state, like, on a yeah. weekly basis is going to be uh, pulling me through the air with some yeah. velocity. <laughs> um, this is an odd one. So St. Patrick's day parade. Yeah. I saw this. It's on, but in September. Yeah. So they canceled the uh, St. Patrick's day parade on St. Patrick's day, um, because of the pandemic, which was just a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're moving it to September 25th, which would mark the halfway mark between 2021 and 2022 St. Patrick's day. Yeah. So the halfway point, they're going to do it. Cool. Let's go. <laughs> I guess so. I got to admit, I didn't know that Utah did a St. Patrick's Day parade. Yeah. I was not aware of it. You know why? I'm not sure how it runs uh, lately because I've only been to one and mm-hmm. it was because I was in it. So I was working for X96 and I had to drive one of the vehicles. Yeah. To, like radio vehicles through it. And when uh, we did it then, it was one end of the gateway. St- it was the gateway street. Mm-hmm. It was one end of the gateway street to the other. Okay. And so it was just like at the gateway. <laughs> And so, like, and you know what? I'm I'm kind of down for that. If you're gonna have Quick a parade, there's not a bad place. Like, Gateway at least has like, you know, upper bowl seating. Mm-hmm. You know, you can stand Absolutely. up on the decks. Like, do pr- all parades at the Gateway. Then we can be over with them quickly. There's bars there. There's coffee shops there. Let's just do parades there. Um, so yeah, that'll be interesting. I'll go. You know, yeah, September 25th. Let's do it. Sure. Um, and that's uh, all that uh, Salt Lake Tribune has reported. So we'll keep our our ears to the ground in case uh, any more announcements come out about, especially about like Red Butte and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but there's going to be events around this year. It's all happening. It's all happening. Let's do it. It's going to be, it's going to be an interesting time. I'm going to have to dip my toes slowly. I think. Yeah. I'm going to the jazz game on, on this week in this weekend and I'm worried. I'm like, am I going to have the stamina to be yeah. in public for three hours? It's yeah. A, right. It's, it's a little more fix. exhausting. Yeah. I wonder how, do you know how they're doing that? Are they seating you away from? Yeah, I think it's like really limited seating. At least yeah, that, that's the my capacity's understanding. Down, yeah. So they can accommodate And I think them. it's like masks required still. So, I mean, obviously if it's a statewide mask mandate, but, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'll, I'll report back. Your cheers for the bulls are going to cut through. Because I'm not crab. sure what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'll be with my older brother who will definitely pressure me into cheering for the bulls a little more, but. Yeah. Are you going to wear your jersey? But, no. No. I got <laughs> I don't think I, I don't own a Bulls jersey anymore. Okay. I don't know where that went. But no. I don't know. I really don't. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, where he's going to go down because we both get our second doses here soon. That's right. Next week. Next week's when I get my your, Yours is next week. Very yeah. nice. One shot. Week. Yeah. That's <laughs> with two shots. <laughs> two shots. One shot. Um All right. So that's going to do it for the uh episode this week. 
Uh, make sure you follow us on social media, all that good stuff. Subscribe. You know, I don't know. I, I was like, do I tell people to leave reviews? I feel like it doesn't matter as much on a local level because yeah. like we're not trying to chart. No. Our shit. Like, you know, if, if you, you want to yeah. leave us a review and write something really humorous. Yeah. Give us five stars. Like, don't mess with us, but like write something funny that we can laugh at. Exactly. Because um, I'll probably get a notification about it if you do. Um, and we'll see you next week. See ya.